the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. I hope you're going to have a great weekend this weekend. And uh, guys, write this down. Monday is an important day. Monday is Valentine's Day. There's a reason it's important. If you don't know what that reason is on Tuesday, you'll figure that out. So Monday's Valentine's Day. Make sure you go down to Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo and get your wife a nice gift card so she can give it back to you on Father's Day. So that's that's really what we're looking at here. Just make sure you get the bases covered. Get a nice gift card. Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo Riverside. Life is good. Hey, folks, joining me here on the show, I have John Adams. John Adams is a longtime friend. I'm talking 30 years, probably. Yeah, I was three when I met him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Uh, You were young, and that's for sure. We were both young. John and I have been uh, hunting together for many, many years. We're going to talk about a lot of different things today. And his specialty or speciality if you are from England, his speciality is duck hunting. So, uh, well, you know, you haven't heard me talk a lot about that because it is not my specialty, but that's something he loves to do. He's been doing it for years. We're going to talk a lot about that. So again, folks, remember Monday, Valentine's day. Don't forget. Don't mess up right now. Say, Hey honey, I got to go out store to get what you need. The stores are open. Don't wait till Monday afternoon coming home from work because you're dead as a, one of John's geese. <laughs> your, right. your goose is cooked on Monday if you forget about that. Okay. Um, coming forward here, uh, we have a lot of things that are going to be happening in the near term. This next week, not today's show, obviously, but the following show, I'm having Rick Travis on. Rick Travis is the Director of Development for the California Rifle and Pistol Association. He's going to give us all the legislative updates. And it's very important you hear what's going on in the state, what they plan. And those of you in other states, it's very important that you listen to this too. Like, why? I ain't in California. I, I get that. But I'm coming to you through a time capsule. If you do not pay attention to what's going on in your state, this is your future. You have got to be active. You have to know how these people think, what they're doing, and how to stop them. So we're fighting the good fight here in California. You uh, need to be involved in that also. So, guys, you all need to listen to what the legislative progressives want to do and how do we combat that because it is coming to a city near you. And I know you're thinking, hey, I'm, you know, I like to pick on Texans. Yeah. Yeah. A hey, big target. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm texting. Big it ain't, ain't, ain't happening in Texas. Just go back a couple of years, and Texas was a Democrat state run by Ma Richards. Uh, ran that place for quite a long time. Lyndon Johnson came from Texas, okay? Uh, Texas has always been a borderline state. We've been blessed the last 20 years that they've, they've learned to vote the correct way, but Texas is not a safe state. And there's so many people from other states moving in there trying to flip that. So you need to understand that even if you think you're in a very safe place, you are not. This is the battle and you need to be involved. On the Firing Line Radio Show, we always say G-O-Y-A. That stands for get off your couch and get in the fight. You have to get involved here, folks. Okay, so I think I've beaten the drum enough on that. Do you think? I've One more time. Message. I got the message. You gonna add a, anything? And it's, and it's a great message. And and uh, you know, join the organizations that are fighting, guys. California Rifle and Pistol Association. Join them. They are fighting. Uh, Rick's supposed to have been on several times recently, but he gets called into legislative sessions up there in Sacramento, or excremento, as it's more cr- properly called. <laughs> so. Yeah, these guys are fighting. Join them. Give them five years, 10 years. Send them some money. You know, 
just just do it. Just you have to be involved. You have to support the people who are fighting for our rights because nobody else is, right? Nobody else. Amen. All right. So my buddy John here, we met in 95, I think. Yeah, about that time frame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in 1995, we were at Harvest Christian Fellowship in, in Riverside, and we just had an affinity for hunting, and it took off from there. Uh, John has always run bird dogs, right? Hunting yes. dogs. Yep. Um, I've I've run hound dogs. It's a whole different whole different game. <laughs> but uh, John, why don't we start with uh, kind of using a using a dog to hunt? What's involved with that? What's special about that? What you like the most, and so forth. Well, you know, I, I can tell you, to me, um, whether it's upland or it's, you know, waterfowl hunting. So what's the difference, upland and waterfowl? Well, upland is, you know, your your upland game birds or, you know, your field birds. and Not um, mud. Right, correct. Yeah, not a lot less mud, let's put it that way, and swampy. Um, obviously, um, the, you know, grasslands, the highlands, the, you know, mountain uh, type of terrain, um, you know, depends on what type of species you're hunting, you're going to hit the full gamut of different, um, you know, geographical areas or, or, you know, type of, uh, you know, um, you know, areas that you're hunting. Um, to me, just talk about a little bit about duck hunting right now. Um, I, I don't think you should be a duck hunter without a dog. That's my opinion, right? Uh, there's so many times that you are going to, um, you know, wound a bird or it's in the water and it's flying off. And, and if you don't have a dog right on it right away, you're going to, you're going to list, you know, miss that, uh, that opportunity to bag that bird. Or, well, or in my case, I'm able to shoot them so far away yeah, that right. they land in the middle of the lake. <laughs> right. So then I'm not going to wait out there a hundred yards for right, those, right. those well, long shots. I that's take. why your dog is your best friend. Right. And, 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 and they're obviously an, an awesome animal to work with when they're doing everything that you train them to do. And it's a lot of fun. Um, so for, for yeah. waterfowl, right. most people choose a different dog than for upland game. Correct. Yeah. More often. I mean, I, I've been a, a, a Labrador guy um, for years and uh, I've trained my dogs to be very versatile in, in a lot of different hunting situations. Um, but, uh, you know, predominantly they're a, they're a waterfowl, you know, type of uh, dog. And uh, I just enjoy hunting with it. When you get your dog to work and do everything you want it to do, um, you know, that's that's as much of fun as just the hunting in itself. Um, so that's what I enjoy. Yeah. You know, how Labradors take to water. My hound dogs. Right. No. But they get their ankles deep and they're like, I'm cold. I need to leave. <laughs> right. So the labs, labs are very, very good for, for hunting in water. Um, what's the trick? So when the you're calling your ducks in, right? right. The most important thing is that ducks are looking for movement. They see Correct. something moving in the right. weeds. They're going to flare off, take off. Right. How do you get your dog just to sit in one spot? Well, you know, um, in my blinds uh, specifically, I, I've created a little, you know, um, a place for him to stay in a little house. You can call it that. Um, of course, it's totally camouflaged and a lot of brush around it. So very concealed. Keeping it concealed is, is really the, 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 you know, preeminent, um, you know, factor to keeping those ducks from focusing on, you know, down where they may be hearing the calls. And of course, with calls and things of that nature, you want to be careful because you don't want to do too much calling when they're flying over you because that just, that exposes you even more. But keeping them concealed and yourself um, and, and minimizing the uh, movement is is key to the success to get those ducks to, you know, draw them in and hopefully get them to commit. And that's what you're looking for to get that best shot. Now, for those of you watching this on our YouTube channel, Firing Line Radio Show, You'll notice that John says he's a duck hunter, but he doesn't have a big beard. Is, yeah, is that not a prerequisite? Yeah, I still have to show up to the office every day and and look presentable. So uh, I try to keep it groomed as best as I can. <laughs> I wish I was those guys. Duck commanders are some of my favorite guys. Yeah, they're great guys. But yeah, you need to uh, ZZ top look. Huh? Yeah. Does that work right. in the office? Right. No? Yeah. Yeah. So that it is. So writing down my checklist for swamp donkey duck hunting <laughs> the beard is not really a prerequisite uh well it's it's good camouflage actually um you know uh, <laughs> hey I, I would say this you know the older i'm getting right now the whiter the beard is i, I do publicly put now, a little little makeup on it to kind of brush it down well that way. so that's the thing is if you have a uh 
a saltier beard than normal or than you used to have, I should say. That's good for when you're hunting snow geese. Yeah, exactly. You, you blend it a lot better with that kind of. Yeah, yeah the salt trade. and pepper look is perfect for hunting snow geese. Um, okay, so most of the time when you're hunting ducks, I mean, we've jump shot them, like sneak up on, on some some yeah. rivers and come over the top of ponds and try and surprise some mallards or whatever happens to be in there, usually coots. But <laughs> But uh, proper duck hunting, there's a bit of an art and a science to it, right? So, you know, talk about wind direction, the river current, uh, sunrise, you know, give give somebody an idea about what to consider and decoy placement, stuff like that. Well, um, you know, different situations require different types of setups. Let's say you're hunting over water. And most most of the time you're going to be. Well, I guess you do fields, but yeah, most of the time right. in California, you're looking for a pond, right? Yeah. I mean, you're looking for water. Water is the is, is one source, obviously, they come into and obviously they come to feed, uh, rest, uh, obviously get water and that type of stuff. Um, so it depends on, again, the situation. Let's, let's just example my blind uh, that we have up in, uh, in Wasco area, Bakersfield. Um, so uh, anyway, I guess we're segueing in and uh, back to Philip for... Some other comments. Well, there she's a professional already, folks. Hey, we'll be right back after this. We'll learn more about uh, setting up your blinds, your decoys, and duck hunting with uh, Big John, duck hunter extraordinaire at the Goose Killer. Uh, over here at Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out, podcast, firinglineradio.com, YouTube channel. God bless. Be back right after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Planet Home Lending and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. If you'd like to own a home and you need financing, or you'd like to refinance a home you already own, whether that's in California or one of these escape from California states, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Ohio, Oregon, Washington, Idaho, or Montana, I'm the guy you want to talk to. Or if you'd like to inquire into one of the most liberating financing tools for seniors, a reverse mortgage, you want to talk to someone who will guide you towards decisions based on your best interest, not theirs. Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. My team and I will lead you to the best decision for you based on your short-term and your long-term goals. Again, for more information, call me at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, and as you know, every week we're talking about Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside because they are a great sponsor of the show. And that's the place you need to go in the Riverside general area to get all of your guns and ammo and gear and boxes and fantastic-looking uh, uh, backpacks for shooting. You know what? Let me talk about that real quick. You show up on a shooting event. Say you wanted to go shoot IDPA or anything. You know, you want to go do a, a regular shooting event at one of the clubs like West End or Prado or something like that. And you show up there with your black box with the yellow top from Home Depot. <laughs> you don't want to do that. What you want to do is head on over to Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo and say, hey, Vince, I'm planning on shooting IDPA. Which of these really cool designed for me backpacks can I use? It'll hold my my pistols, it'll hold my magazines, my ammo, everything separated, a place for my hearing protection, and 
make me look really cool. That's what Vince will hook you up with over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside between Arlington and Central off of Brockton at the Riverside Arcade, 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211. And when I see you at one of these competitions, show me your backpack and I'll, we'll find some giveaway for you. We'll give them a free duck hunt at your club. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's on the table maybe <laughs> <laughs> but check it out man you don't want to don't be the home depot guy head on out there um folks joining me back i have john adams john adams is the goose killer uh that was a name he earned at what you're six years old no well, i don't know if i was that young dad took him dad took him to the park yeah it was a bad scene back that was that, that was a slingshot time off the uh, golf courses <laughs> dad goes back to the car john stuffing it in the trunk what nothing Moving yeah. on. <laughs> Christmas is covered, Dad. Right. That's right. awesome. But he's been hunting a long time. Uh, loves loves waterfowl, duck, and goose hunting. And there's some art to that. Now, again, if you know me, you know that I'm just the idiot that shows up and sneaks up on a pond and jumps over the top, and hopefully something besides a coot is in there. But the the real duck hunters like John, um, they have a little bit of art and science mixed together. So we're talking about duck hunting over water or even over over land but there's some certain things you need to consider like where do you expect the birds to come from where's your predominant wind john why don't you fill, fill us in on that yeah well a lot of that is you know again key to you know your success of trying to draw the ducks in uh, to you know work and get a, a good shot on them so a lot of it you know early in the morning depending upon how you're setting up you know you don't want to be you know when the sun starts to come up you don't want the sun right in your face first of all that casts the glare off your face. I mean, I, I throw some, you know, camouflage, you know, uh, covering on my face. I try to conceal myself as best as possible. That's but, very important. We do that in art. I do that in a lot of my hunting, even right. just yeah. rifle hunting. But if you're up in Mendota and you don't have any camo paint, don't use the mud. <laughs> well, it works actually that, good. <laughs> it doesn't come off. It, we don't care. It, it does not come it, up. It is, if you're yeah. up there in the Mendota Wildlife Refuge, that mud will be with you the rest of your life. I'm just telling you. It gets sticky. You know, um, so, you know, not having the sun come up in your face. And again, it's just a it's a, a glare that you'll cast, which will, you know, uh, alert ducks to. And you won't be able to see the ducks coming in. Yeah, true. And, and yeah, when it starts to get a high level, that first uh, light. Um, wind is a big factor, too. Obviously, you want the birds to circle back and come into the wind so you want to set up so uh, like like an airplane small airplane they come to land into yeah, the face correct. into a yeah. headwind yeah duck do the same thing that way they can have that wind underneath the wings when they're coming in to do their you know their landing and everything so so a lot of those setups you want to make sure that you leave areas within your your spread of your decoys uh to kind of invite them in um you know it, it depends on early season late season and kind of get a feel for what's going on with the ducks, how they're reacting to certain things. Um, you know, I'm a big advocate for keeping movement on the water. Uh, a lot of jerk cord. I got a lot of bubblers. I got other, you know, uh, mojo type, you know, wing um, um, okay. operations. Go ahead. Jerk cord. Yeah. What is that? So jerk cord is a, um, is a anchored um, line with an elastic band that you have, um, you know, little cleats or hookups that you use with your uh, regular decoys and you move that line back and forth to create ripples on the water. So it really shows activity that's happening as in ducks are moving around. Uh, I put feeders around those bubblers. So I see it. They, they see a lot of activity. If, if wait, 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 yeah. you put feeders. What feeders are. So, um, so it's important. I want to clarify yeah. this. You cannot bait a field when he says he's using yeah. feeders. He's not putting grain in the field or corn in the field. He's using a, a decoy that looks specifically as if it is feeding at that point in time. That is correct. Yeah. I want to be clear on yeah, that. Right. right. <laughs> Right. And so so those are just different, you know, um, type of decoys that, um, you know, reflect different type of movements of ducks within the, you know, within your spread. How about the ones with the little wings? That the mojos are important, you know, called the mojo. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So so birds, as they're flying over you, um, especially if they're up a little bit higher, um, they see that that movement, that wing movement. And obviously you have, 
you know, white on the underneath side, and then you have, you know, assimilated, you know, wing um, as is the graphics on the top. So when that thing is flipping, it's showing some type of activity like wings are flapping. And that just shows that, you know, kind of stuff that the ducks are attracted to, obviously, because they're thinking other ducks are down there. So that's what draws them in. So what you don't want, or I guess it happens sometimes, but a completely static decoy line is not the best. Yeah. Meaning just, just sitting, you, know, you throw out two dozen plastic ducks and sit and wait. Yeah. You know, if, if um, the, these ducks get pretty smart, especially in late season, um, when they start seeing these, you know, ginormous spreads or the different types you're using, depending upon, again, the area you're hunting, um, if there's no movement, you know, it's, it's not realistic. So you, you always want to have a little bit of wind coming in and that just kind of creates that ripple and it looks like there's more activity and your decoys are kind of bouncing and moving around like a natural duck. Would. What about fog? Well, fog is, you know, uh, where we hunt, um, it's very common. Um, you know, sometimes the ducks, if they get in close enough proximity, and, you know, I, I hear ducks all the time flying over me in really dense fog. And it's frustrating because, you know, they're looking to come in and land, but they just don't commit because they don't have as good a visual just like you don't. Um, and sometimes the shots that you get are real quick type of shots. So you got to be really on your game. Um, you're ready to, you know, um, get up and shoot, because if you see something that's coming through, breaking through the fog, you got to, you know, you got to react to it. So I, fog is, is it, it, you, you know, a little bit hanging around you is not bad because, again, it kind of breaks up any, you know, sunlight. Again, sunlight can be, you know, your worst enemy as far as exposure, right? Um, so so a little bit's good. Too much is bad. Um, I, I've experienced it. You I've done it both right. ways. Right? We, right? we always work. We always wait for those perfect days. Both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know. How, if, long, how long is duck season? Well, you know, it starts in generally the second or third week of uh, October, and it goes all the way to the end of January. Um, we do have some two special hunts. We have a youth hunt that happens the week after, and then we have a veterans hunt that happens the week after that. Um, you know, California. And I, I think some states, like uh, for snow geese, I think they extend it, all don't they? All the way they? through February. Yeah. Like yeah. in, te- is that Texas? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of states, because the, 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 they just, they're my migratory route is just a little bit behind, you know, your other, you know, common ducks and then geese and stuff like that. And, um, and there's yeah. a huge population of them. Oh, a huge population. Yeah. Have you shot snow, snow geese? Oh yeah. Shot snows before. And it's a lot of fun. Um, what's the most exotic waterfowl you've shot? Well, that was when we did that Texas hunt for a sandhill crane. And, and I don't know if you guys have ever done that. You got to experience it. It is one of the unique hunts. That's the first time I've been able to do it. Of course, if you shot the crane, yeah. do you do it before it delivers the baby? <laughs> right. Right. Don't shoot it before. Yeah. After we well, come coming flying away from the chimney, yeah. then you can shoot. We them. identify the ones that are carrying babies and the ones that are not. So that's, that's uh you got to ID your, your Samuel crate. Or maybe that's historic. I don't know. It's yeah. too. They look the same. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, uh, bird identification. That can be yeah. very tricky. It can be. Because while they are flying, a merganser, which has a 25 bird per limit um, daily bag limit, looks just like a cormorant, which has a zero bag ever right. bag limit. So right. bird identification, especially, you know, if you've got the sun uh, in your eyes, then the bird's kind of black as a silhouette coming in. You really need to know what you're looking at. So what are some tips about how to tell a fish-eating bird from a, like a regular merganser, so to speak. Well, I, I tell you, a lot of it comes with experience. And the best rule of thumb is if you don't know, don't shoot, right? Um, in certain you say that now. Yeah, well, I know. And, and especially, you know, <laughs> hey, when we're all like any other hunter out there, we're so eager to, you know, bag our first duck or whatever it is, be game. Um, you know, identifying your, your target is... is right. Paramount. I mean, you just... We'll, we'll talk about the bird shapes and stuff when we come back. Folks, yeah. Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check yeah. us out at firinglineradio.com for the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Neyman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW safe on your side. 
CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life, CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590. The answer. Spartans! Lay down your weapons! Persians! Come and get them! Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Mind Radio Show. Philip Naiman here with John Adams. We're talking about duck hunting, waterfowl. I know we want to talk about upland game and a bunch of other stuff, but you know, I'm getting some good information here and I want to make sure he gets that out to you because you're looking at uh, a few years of experience uh, out there in the swamps. He was not on Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Right. Not yet. No, he, he was, and he wasn't in the Corona River bottoms, but <laughs> he's been hunting a lot of different areas out there. And, um, you know, we want to try and help you guys understand how to set up for ducks because there's nothing worse than going out there and wasting an entire weekend and either having birds flare out at 100 yards or they're flying over you at 100 yards high and never coming down. And so, what are some of the things? Or you get them to come in, but you're not sure what it is. So, you don't, or, you make a mistake and then you have to go call the game warden. So um, bird identification is important. A lot of this, I see birds all the time flying when I'm driving down the freeway. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it drives my wife crazy, but my head snaps over there. Those are geese. Yeah. Those are ducks. Those yeah, are mallards. Catch that movement. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can see the way they fly. Now, everybody has seen uh, the big V formation, right? Yeah. So if you see a big V formation in the sky, what are we usually looking at? Well, you know, mostly those are your geese. Um, and again, being a migratory bird, they all will get into that V shape as they're, you know, basically coming from, you know, Canada all the way down to Alaska. Mexico. Yeah. Well, Alaska, yeah. And uh, so uh, duck ID is identification is, is, is challenging at times. I, I would say even for a guy like myself who's been hunting for, I don't know, 40 years now, uh, plus I should say, and, um, seeing the ducks and you, you get a, 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 the way their, their wing beat, um, reacts, um, which ones have the faster wing beats? Well, the teal probably, uh, I mean, we call them, you know, jet pilots. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. coming in fast and hot and low. A lot of times they're flying low naturally. So if you're around trees, they're usually below the treetops coming in over. The water. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they come in, they come in. Like you said, like jet pilots, man, I'm telling you, it's crazy. They're probably one of the harder birds to hit um, early season because of their speed and, and their flight pattern. They're, 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 they're tricky, uh, a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, your bigger ducks, again, you'll see a little lo- uh, slower wing beat. Um, and then you just, again, just a lot of years of experience. You start to identify the ducks, specific type of species you want to take. You know, you really got to understand you know, your regulations and, and very much so. Yeah. And, and, and knowing, you know, how many of a certain species you can shoot and kill, whether it's a hen or it's a drake. Um, so, you know, know, know your regs going in, man, because there's no excuse. I mean, I've been along around some guys and I've seen them trying to, you know, talk their way out of, you know, the game warden having a conversation with them. And, you know, there's no mercy on that, man. You got to know your stuff. So just be, be prepared for that. Um, you know, so, oh, so let's just yeah. say the the three different types of, body size the smaller ones and we're not talking coots but it's actually they're about the size of a coot the uh, teal is uh about size. yeah yeah similar a little smaller so, but, similar. but yeah. they're they're way better birds um better the coots the coots run across the water to take off teal are just amazing the way they fly but they'll come in in small groups usually and they usually don't have a formation it almost looks like a bunch of bumblebees coming through yeah, you know yeah. how they're just their whole they're moving across the sky they're using up the space yeah. uh ducks by themselves sometimes you'll hear them quacking and maybe you'll get a big group coming in but out here in southern california they're usually twos and threes fours maybe yeah yeah, yeah. you know not not 20 or 30 at a yeah, time not coming in up like the and you'll see that they're bigger body size and a little slower uh wing beat and then you've got the the 
747 tankers, the big Canadian geese or speckled geese that are coming in. Sure, and they the are at long, long necks in front of them. Um, sometimes they'll be honking way off in the, in the distance. And uh, what's amazing about a goose now, John, correct me if I'm wrong, is you think they're flying slow because of their size. And so you're like, well, I got this one. And what you don't realize is because of their size, you just shot behind them because they're moving a lot faster than you realize. Um, yeah. How many, how, how many times out of a hundred misses does somebody shoot in front of the bird? Uh, rarely. It's always behind. I mean, behind or under. Yeah. You know, if I'm with a young duck hunter and I'm bringing them into my blind and, you know, bringing them into the fold of learning how to duck hunt. Um, you know, I, I said 90% of the time I said, Hey, you're behind the bird. Right. And I said, the biggest thing is following through too. A lot of people shoot and they stop follow through is, is the key to, you know, getting your bag limit, your success. So if you're familiar with follow through, that's just like anything else, any sport, just take any sport, golf, baseball, whatever. It's the same, same theory. You've got to swing through and when you shoot and continue that that's that momentum fall through the momentum because if you understand uh working shotguns you know you have a lot of pellets that are coming out and as you're shooting that thing's coming out and that that barrel now is guiding that pattern through uh the swing of the bird so chances of uh, connecting and hitting your bird are a lot better right so the best way obviously is practicing and, and for duck hunting, uh, skeet is a great way to practice. Not so much trap trap is more of a point and click, but uh, skeet, if you do not follow through with your barrel on skeet shooting, you are not going to make a connection. Okay. Now there are some people, extremely talented shooters that can hold in one position and time the bird, but that's because they've got 10,000 rounds out of that shotgun. And it's, it's more of a trick shot that they've learned to do um, by spending untold Saturdays out at the range, right. as opposed to what you want to try and do in a, in the field blind. So go on, go down to Rahagi's, go to uh, Prado, uh, shoot the sporting clays. You'll be surprised if you're a good trap shooter, you'll be surprised at the difference in shooting a sporting clays round than shooting trap. If you're a good skeet shooter, the same thing, because skeet, it's the same presentation, same presentation all the way around, same presentation, same presentation, lulls you into it. Sporting clays is like, wow, putting marbles on ice and trying to uh, cut diamonds. How's that? I mean, everything yeah. is different. I would say if you're really going to be in any of the bird hunting type of categories, um, sporting clays is your best way to practice yeah. yeah practice tune up or just learn you know the lead and the way you know you have to pick up the bird fast you know a lot of what you're doing hunting is your ability to pick up you know that 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 bird or the game whatever you're hunting and learning how to then strategize in your um when the timing's right to get up and take that bird and then understanding how to follow through oh, that, and everything that's, else. That that's a really good it. point. So here we are, we're in the blinds. You got your young hunter with you. Uh, we're going to blame it on him. Yeah. And uh, the birds are coming in and they're like 60, 70 yards out and he stands up to shoot. Right. And right. what happens? Right. Well, you, you just expose yourself. And, and they course, do an immediate U-turn. No shots taken. Flare off you. Yeah. yeah. Flare off you. And you'll never get a shot. Yeah. You can take some, you can, you can, you know, put a little steel in the air, but you're not going you know, to, you're not going to hit very well. Create rust spots at the bottom of the swamp. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Steel shot has been a has been a, a different game. We've been doing it a long time now, but you know, it's terrible. Yeah, my my friends and and guys that I've hunted with for years. I mean, we're always you know, talking about the steel shot and the good old days of using the lead and, you know, what our kill ratio was um, using lead versus using steel shot. Yeah, steel, um, steel, steel shot is a disaster and the science is all wrong about, you know, the, uh, the loose eggshells coming from ducks eating a pellet that if it were to be buried, would be buried so deep under the ground, they're not eating it. So it is stupidity. And yeah. uh, we know that it's, it's another thing brought to us by the HSUS, the hypocritical society of urban snobs. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Uh, decoys. So laying yeah. out decoys, I've seen guys really try and plan this out. It looks like a football schematic. It's like, okay, here's yeah. the blind. Yeah. I want two feeders over here. I want 
two uh, puddle jumpers over here. I want my mojo here. Here's the wind. Here's the current. Here's the blind. You know, I mean, how detailed do you get? Well, you know, um, there's some people who put a tremendous amount of thought into it. And then I see them doing, you know, change ups, you know, through the day, which is not bad because you got to understand again, how the ducks reacting and you got to, you've got to read that and you may do a few chains up on your, on your decoys. However, you've got to take that first initial, you know, um, uh, strategy as far as what you're trying to do and, and your, your best hunting sometimes or your best shooting is that first light into that first, you know, hour. So you want to make sure that you have a setup that you know is going to work for you under the conditions that you're hunting under. So, you know, I, do you leave decoys out all the time? Uh, no, no. We always pick up all of our decoys. We, we, we change up things a little bit based on, you know, the next either Wednesday that we hunt on or Saturday. And so we pick up our decoys. We make it as natural as possible before we come back out again and hunt for the next have you noticed a decline in duck hunting over the last 30 years? Yeah, you know, in, in certain areas, depending on what flyway you're in, and I think... On the West Coast, California. West Coast, yeah. I, it, it's become more challenging. I got to tell you, you really got to be at the top of your game as far as your your presentation, your setups, your shooting ability, because it's getting... Because the bird numbers are not there. Yeah, the bird numbers are changing. The, West, the Central Valley, they, yeah. quit, they quit growing crops there. Right. They grow dirt now. Right. So right. the birds have to go somewhere else. So they're right. changing flyways. Well, they've done a lot of orchards. A lot of things are being... The crops are yeah. being replaced with orchards. If they so have natural, anything growing yeah. there. As a natural you know, food source has right diminished. Folks, Philip Neiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be back for one... We will be back for one more segment with John Adams. FiringLineRadio.com. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety? local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice, no sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at CCWSafe.com. AM590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man. Yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman here. Now, if you're watching along on the YouTube channel under Firing Line Radio, you're going to see that Big John over here, the goose killer, is wearing some Firing Line Radio swag. This is one of our new shirt designs. Um, you're going to have to go online to see it here. Uh, it says long distance. It's got a big big uh, rifle on there that's kind of cool. Big thing. guns. Big, big guns for big guns. That's right. It's got our Firing Line logo on the sleeve. Very proud of that. That's one of three different designs we came out with this year. And if uh, those guys ever finish our danged uh, website, you'll be able to buy them pretty soon. So, right. so anyway, check that out um, at FiringLineRadio.com. 
when it's up and running. We're close. I think we're close. I don't know. I'll, I'll yell at them on Monday. So folks, joining me back here, I have John. We're talking about duck hunting. And honestly, this is one of my favorite hunting buddies. We've been hunting together for many, many years. A lot of deer hunts, elk hunts, quail hunts. And we plan to talk about all that. But, you know, he's such a wealth of knowledge in waterfowl that that's where we want to go with next. So, John, I want to talk about the gear involved. We talked about the dog. You know, do you need a canoe? Do you need boats? What do you need? Um, duck clubs. But let's, let's just go into the firearms because it's the firing line radio show right, right so let's talk about some dang guns it's the fourth segment we're almost I'm, done I'm here hoping to get to that bring the gun man right well you know um it's all a matter of preference um i've been hunting the bedelli gun for many many years i started with one of the first generations with the a90 monofeltro um gun and uh, i'm a lefty so you know um one of those southpaws out there um, but nevertheless, a gun is a matter of uh, personal preference. However, again, again, the Benelli for me has been one of the, you know, sturdy guns that I've been using for years now in duck hunting. Uh, again, we're talking about concealment. We're talking about movement. Um, you know, the guns that we, I, I use are all camouflaged. Um, you know, there's no reflective parts on it, maybe little pieces of the receiver, but nevertheless, you know, it's a very sturdy gun and duck hunting. You're, you're not going to want to take out your best over under beautiful woodstock and, and awesome looking, you know, gun um, because you're going to beat it up. I mean, that's duck hunting. So, um, you know, talking about the, the guns and stuff like that, you, you got to understand um, most duck hunters are using semi-automatics. Okay. I mean, that's just so the let's start with semi-automatics. Yeah. Uh, 12 or 20. Um, I prefer 12. And, and the reason is I shoot four ten because I only shoot them in the head. Well, that's you're that good. You know, I'm not there yet. So one they, of these days they fly? just like you, <laughs> right? But uh, a twelve gauge, and again, depends on what your what species you're hunting. So geese, I'll use three and a half. Sometimes if if we're doing a, a field blind and we're we're getting them to commit and they're right in our face, a three inch, you know, uh, steel shot shot size, uh, uh, two shot. Uh, sometimes uh, double BBs for for the cranes. We were using the what's, double BBs. What's bigger, two or BBs? Uh, BBs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the size in, of the pellet when it comes right, but it's the inverse of the number. So a two, which is a lower number, is much bigger than a nine, which is a higher number, much right. smaller pellet. Right. So it's kind of backwards. It's like the same thing with gauges. A twenty gauge is a smaller diameter cartridge. cartridge than a 12 gauge, even though the 20 is a higher number, right? right, right. So, and the 410 is actually the caliber, but um, you want to have, especially when you're dealing with steel, you want to have a bigger piece, right? Yeah, you know, speed is is important. Um, I, you know, I said, you know, my preference is, you know, a three inch and most of my duck hunting, um, you know, the three inch um, shell, um, number four shot. Cause I want to try to get that right pattern. Um, you know, and with right choke tubes, there's so many great choke tubes out there today. And that's getting into another whole level of understanding, you know, shooting and, and the, you know, um, you know, chemistry behind that, if you call it that. Um, but, but, you know, four, sh- uh, number four shot steel for me, three inch, um, anywhere from 1450 to 1500, you know, feet per second is what I prefer. That's pretty quick. Yeah. And so, yeah. so if you're practicing with 1400, 1500 feet a second shot, and that's what you're hunting with, that's great. But most of your target loads that you're going to be out at the range on are 1100 feet a second, 1200 yeah, feet a second. 1200, yeah. yeah. So you, you may want to, tra- if you're going to practice specifically for duck hunting, you may want to yeah. load your own ammo. Yeah. Steps up the game a little bit, but you, you got to understand too, the difference is if you're doing some of your um, sporting clays, your trap, your ski, you're using lead, right? So you know, the, 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 the science behind the lead is it's a heavier, you know, metal and, and the, and the patterning is uh, more consistent and the penetration is greater on your bird. So that's why you step that up to the 1450 to 1500, you know, speed. So you get that right impact. So you get penetration. You get the, the impact penetration, but your timing on your shot. Sure it is. is it does. Different. It does change it. Yeah. So you have to be, be cognizant of that and know exactly what that lead is. And again, which again is the experience. That's just why I, I just shoot them in the head. Yeah. Well, I it's guess just, just, I've always wanted to be you. 
<laughs> I am trying to figure out how, he's doing, I'm how he does it so well. I'm great on paper. Just ask me. So, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> hey, it's my show. I'm a hero. Yeah, exactly. Hey, look at this. Hey, right. no problem. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk about shot pattern because a lot of people, they say, you need to go pattern your shotgun. So they get out some butcher paper and they put it on a, a frame and at 20 yards. They look at the holes at 30 yards, 40 yards, 50 yards, whatever they count, how many are in a circle. Now that's one form of the pattern, but your shotgun pattern is a 3D amoeba-like blob. So even though if you're crossing a perpendicular piece of paper, that's where all the pellets came through, but that's not when all the pellets came through. If you're able to do a side view as those pellets threw through, flew through the air, you'd see like a backwards avocado shape of pellets. And some are some have longer strings than others. Some have wider strings than others. And so like a full choke, you'd have more of a longer string and an a opener skeet choke, you'd have a shorter, fatter string. But it's not just like a solid wall at one point in time. It's, it's like a cloud of pellets. And so a lot of times you may miss the bird with the main portion of the charge but you still got them with the tail end as it flew into your cloud of pellets. It's kind of a unique, Correct. neat thing. Correct. If you're shooting sporting clays, you'll see that you dusted or just barely chipped something, which might mean that two or three pellets hit it. And then you can see the difference when you ink spot something, when uh, clay pigeons flying out and you shoot, it just disappears into a cloud of clay. That's your full load. If you're chipping it or something like that, um, it's a good indication that your timing is not right for that shot. And you want to really focus on, on trying to learn where you need to hold to ink spot those particular patterns. Yeah, correct. You know, again, patterning is everything. And again, um, as Phil was explaining kind of the ergonomics of it. So that, that pattern is changing because your barrel's moving. Okay. And again, that's, that's probably one of the most important things as we said, follow through, right? So as you're carrying that, that barrel through, so yeah, you could be, you could hit with one pellet, the golden BB, as we call in it. In the head. That's all you in, do. In the head. And, I only and shoot you, one. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's right. all I count on is my one golden BB. Right. So so the other part is, too, even when you're out there in the practice range and you're shooting, you know, the, the clay birds and stuff like that, you can get an understanding, an idea of how, how, are you a little behind? Because if you're shooting the bird and it's going away from you and all the fragments you know, break and go to the right, hard right. Um, then, you know, you're a little behind. You just caught it just enough. Or somebody behind you can tell you because they can kind of see where the wad Correct. timing yeah. is. And then, like you said, Philip used the term, I call it dusting, man. When you when you know you're on target and you just, that, that well, bird explodes. Dust, dusting to me is like when you just knock a little off the, but when you ink spot it, you know, that's when it yeah. just looks like. A Everybody's got their own little yeah. kind of terminology. Truck, you, you mentioned the Benelli. Yeah. Um, ergonomics are extremely important for shotgun shooting. Now, what does that mean? It means that the gun has to fit you in several different ways. Not only does it have to fit you with the length of pull, which everybody goes in and says, Hey man, put the gun here. And if your finger's on the trigger, you're good to go. That's not always the best way. I mean, it's a measurement, but duck hunting, you're up there in the fog and the cold and it's 22 degrees. Sure. Yeah. And Got now you have a on. giant jacket on right. and all of a sudden that gun's too long for you. Yeah right? That happens. Um, and you're not going to go down to your t-shirt again, like you were in the store when you bought it. Right. Right. The other thing is where your eye lines up. So some guns have a natural fit, you know, when yeah. you pick it up right. and you shoulder it and you've got your, your cheek pressure on the top of the stock at, at the, uh, comb, um, and your eye lines up right over that vent rib. So you can see the beads without moving your head at all that's a gun you're going to probably shoot pretty well. And if you can just pick that up several times, because the top of your, well, it's just, it's not exactly straight. The vent rib on your barrel is not exactly level with the barrel. They do that for, uh, for helping you shoot down range, just so you know. But if your eye can comfortably look down that every time you pick up that gun, that's probably a gun you're going to shoot extremely well. Yeah. 
So, you know, a lot of those things, you know, folks exactly right. You know, when you go into the field, you're in a different kind of hunting situation because you got all this clothing on. So you have to be cognizant of that when you're yeah. going out there and you're trying to figure out that fit for you and the gun and everything else yeah. like that. A good shotgun dealer can help you with that. Yeah. Folks, I want to thank my special guest, John Adams. Um, John, are you still giving away that duck hunt? Yeah, well, we can. Uh, we'll talk about I, I, that offline. Yeah. Get, on, get, on, get on Philip's, uh, you know, website, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But duck hunting's a lot of fun, guys. It's a lot of work too. Hey, it's a commitment with equipment. Be prepared. But it's one of the funnest things I I love doing. Very good. Don't forget Monday Valentine's Day. Don't forget take your wife duck hunting. <laughs> God bless. Get her in the blind with you. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask, kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, Ask stands for Attitude skills, and knowledge. And that's what they focus on at Ask Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K, defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.